You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to 3AM, where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Pasikala. What's the scariest thing that you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3AM is a result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. What's up, young bloods? Hey, how you doing, my man? What's up? Good. Yo, everybody, last week we had a bye week. Because it was mischief night. Srash Halloween. Um, and we've been going back-to-back weeks recording for how long? Months, dude. Dude, like at least at least three months. Straight. At least a couple weeks. <laughs> I think the last time we missed was when we went to Montana. Oh, dang. So that would have been like middle of August. And then before that was Asia. Yeah. Hmm. I even think we got Montana week. Anyway, it was it, it was we a while may have. <laughs> where we were going back to back every week. So it was nice to take a little break. Coming back, we're feeling, uh, I don't know. How are you feeling now? At first, we were saying a little rusty, but... Watch some ignorant music videos, and now we got our campfire on. So I feel I'm feeling good. Yeah. Somebody asked what our pregame was, and <laughs> oh, did they? This is this is our pregame. B- bang is usually involved. I'm gonna blow bang that. energy or rain, <laughs> some type of sweets. Yeah, usually, usually. But tonight we had Taco Bell instead. Yep, and we usually just. Watch a bunch of ignorant YouTube videos. <laughs> anyway, anybody else want to add to pregame rituals? No, dude. I think you hit just about all them pregames. But it was really weird not recording. It felt like I had missed something in my week. And do you know what I'm saying? Felt like I was slacking. Yeah. I was like, dang, there's something I got to do. But we had a bunch of, like, you, you guys aren't going to be missing out on a week. Yeah. Like, we had episodes stored up. And so the reason we missed it, as Sean expressed, was because it was Mischief Night, which is actually an East Coast tradition taught to us by our New Jerseyan friends. So what's Mischief Night, Sean? The first rule of Mischief Night is you don't talk about Mischief Night. Uh, Well, (laughs) failed that. Yeah, damn it. But in general, you just get ignorant with your friends and, you know, do stuff that they just like terrorize the town the night before Mm -hmm. halloween and apparently in in new jersey at least everyone does that which i feel like is not too much different than every other night in new jersey (laughs) it's funny at like this point in time the age we're at we're all just talk now dude i'm boring dog (laughs) i'm almost dead We're so old, dude. Bro, I got wild on mischief night. Stayed up till 1130. <laughs> <laughs> that stresses me out just thinking that. All right, what's like the rowdiest thing you did growing up? Like, did you ever sneak out? Did you ever terrorize someone? Dude, I was just such a good kid. You have something in mind. I know you had a row- rowdy 
I'm trying to think of, uh, okay, uh, the first, there's like several things that came to mind, but uh, in seventh grade, we started taking my friend's older brother's car out for joy rides. <laughs> nice, nice. And so we're probably 13 at the time, and we would take them through the north side of town, which was the ghetto. And so there's this one specific road in our town called Houston Ave, which is the most hood part of our town. Uh, like instantly everyone speaks Spanish and it's just like generally the the whites of my town don't go there at all. <laughs> so we were riding down Houston Ave and I almost rear-ended a van. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, then <laughs> and we're 13 driving around listening to Wu-Tang Clan. Actually, it was Red Man and Method Man's The Blackout album. Um, and then we started coming home, and my friend lived on a really long road, and he lived like right in the middle in a cul-de-sac. And so we turned on this end of the road, and we see like a mile down his mom turn in from the other side, like coming Ooh. home from the groceries. <laughs> and so like we almost die so stressed, so we gun it get inside, park the car, we run inside, throw the keys. His brother's sleeping until like 3 p.m., you know? Mm-hmm. So we just throw the keys at him on, like, on his bed, and then we jump out the window and run away. <laughs> like <laughs> We just like run to my house. <laughs> but yeah, she, I don't think she ever found out that we did that. That's rowdy, bro. That was fun. So I knew how to drive so well by the time I got my learners because, I don't know. Hmm. I ran away once. Nothing was like super like... I don't know. I, like I in my head, I was like, if I run away, where am I gonna go? To the other side of the island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody knows each other yeah. here. <laughs> no, um, I ran away. Just oh, such a brat, dude. I sucked as a kid. Um, just talking back to my parents all the time, giving them a hard time. Uh, I ran away just to like get, <laughs> just to get my mom worried. You petty, bro. <laughs> And I I ran out the house, and before she could see, all I did was go behind the house. (laughs) And just like a minute later, I hear the car turn on, and she leaves the house, and she went to go look for me for like at least an hour. And (laughs) And when she left, I just went back inside the house. (laughs) Got her ass juke, son. (laughs) That right stick, bro. (laughs) Gonna be quicker than that, ma. Yeah. But you were like, okay, she does love me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. She comes home, I'm like cooking spam. Because <laughs> that's all we do in the islands. <laughs> She's like, I drove around the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you just go outside and yell. <laughs> hey, hey, where is my son? <laughs> hey, over here. He's at the house. He in the cove. Making the spam. <laughs> Anyways, Sean. Bro, I got nothing. Legitimately never was never rowdy. Hmm. Good for you. That is good. Did you ever steal anything? I stole like some quarters one time. Bro. From whom? I got in trouble. Aw. Because that was all the money we had. <laughs> Bro, do you feel comfortable telling uh, your uh, <laughs> your birthday story with the with the pizza, dude? 
<laughs> I, okay. <laughs> last episode we dropped. You I talk about I talk about my uh, my heartbreaking story in La La Land. Mm-hmm. So if you've seen the movie, that was my life. Except <laughs> I never went back to Los Angeles. <laughs> Sean has an equally disappointing story. Just not about La La Land. So when I was a kid, we were pretty poor. At this point in time, we were living in Kentucky in this house that we lived in for free <laughs> as long as we mowed the seven-acre lawn every week. And it was so big, we only had push mowers, so I would start on one end, do an acre a day, and then start over <laughs> the next Monday. <laughs> and essentially what we would eat is we'd go out <laughs> into the yard and pick up like those onion grass shoots that just grow in the grass and boil those suckers and have what we called onion grass soup. <laughs> to this day, I don't like raw onions. <laughs> so on the daily, mom would be like, Go outside, choose your onion. (laughs) Right? That's pretty close, dude. Throw that bad boy in a pot of hot water. (laughs) Just. Mm. Okay, so (laughs) one time we had babysitters come over, and there there were like an elderly couple that came to watch us. We're all little kids. And I remember that they were so nice, they brought us a frozen pizza to make. And had you ever seen pizza? I had seen pizza, <laughs> like the Totino's pizzas. This was a DiGiorno. Oh, but you've never had pizza. I've had pizza. Like oh. there's extended family. We, we I've had pizza at points in my life. <laughs> I thought you never had pizza, but it, like pizza wasn't a, like a thing you had like normally. No, not really. Okay. Like it was a special, special occasion. I remembered having pizza in Washington a couple times. Okay, well that's still crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. Wasn't it your birthday too? I don't think it was my birthday, okay. actually. Where am I pulling these things from? I'll <laughs> shut up. Go ahead. But I also probably celebrated like six or seven birthdays in my life, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other story. <laughs> but they brought a pizza. They're going to cook it for us. I remember standing there at the door of my bedroom where I shared with my five brothers and sisters, listening to them argue about how to cook the pizza. And... Eventually, they come to the conclusion that they're just supposed to put the pizza right on the grate. <laughs> and so they do that, and they are both elderly. Maybe it was this, these old people. Maybe it was their first time. Their first time <laughs> eating pizza. Yeah. I mean, we're out in the. We were living in Possum Trot, Kentucky. <laughs> Possum. Not a fake name. <laughs> That's not a fake name. <laughs> so. About 45 minutes later, when we start hearing or smelling the uh, smoke and hearing the smoke alarm (laughs) go off in our house, we realize the pizza is still in the oven as they pull it out, charcoal black, and my (laughs) dreams of eating a DiGiorno pizza go up in flames. (laughs) Mm. I'm just surprised y'all had batteries for the smoke detector. (laughs) Smoke detector is one of his siblings just screaming. (laughs) No, my uh, fire, 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 caliente, fire. caliente. <laughs> no, uh, like, are the batteries out or they're actually a fire? <laughs> no, there's another false alarm. <laughs> no, my mom was very security, like she was about that. We even printed mm. off fake security stickers to put on our windows. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> 
just because people would break into our 150 year old civil war house and steal your onions my bro wow how about they break in and leave stuff (laughs) damn damn what about the financial security Goodness. Good to be back. Here I am today, still alive, so I can't complain. (laughs) (sighs) It's funny because Sean, I think, makes the most money out of all (laughs) of us. Yeah, Sean's balling, so (laughs) he deserves it. (laughs) Just for that one time. (laughs) Sean's working hard so his daughter doesn't have to sell detox tea (laughs) on Instagram. Just to clarify, Sean doesn't have a child, but (laughs) that we know of. He's setting up. He's setting up. And with that, this is the 3 a.m. podcast. <laughs> he's Sean. He's DJ. And he's Charles. Hey. <laughs> cool. Uh, yep, this is a podcast where we get together and share scary stories and have a good time. Welcome. You know, real chill. Just hanging out <laughs> oh, by yeah. the campfire. Without the campfire, but the stories. Yeah. Or we do have a campfire. <laughs> if you look at our YouTube channel... And recently, we've been pushing a little more. Actually, we haven't YouTube. really talked about it yet. Did we announce it when we posted the clip? I mean, it was on the post, but oh. like it wasn't a big announcement. Guys, guess what? If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast streaming app, you can also go right now to YouTube and watch it. It drops a day after it drops on the podcast app. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey. We still appreciate if you download it though on the podcast app because that's the number that matters at the moment. <laughs> but go watch it too. Yeah, like, if you that's wanna, cool. Yeah. If you don't download, it's okay. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, uh, we're real grateful to have you. Um, but yeah, we are trying to push more on YouTube, and there is a little bit of extra content on the YouTube videos, things that we edit out for the podcast apps we leave some of that in for the youtube videos so yeah if you prefer to watch your podcast then we're starting to do more of that for those people um how's your guys past two weeks i mean it was good yeah. had halloween got spooky yo halloween is dead and gone <laughs> yep but uh, what's your favorite candy? Ooh. And what's your least favorite candy, too? I feel like talking about things that you hate are sometimes more interesting. <laughs> true, true. But I don't know. Anything with peanut butter is my favorite, and those dumbass banana Laffy Taffies are my <laughs> least favorite. <laughs> those are trash. And I hate the people who like them, too. Taffy, you know who you are. <laughs> taffy in general is just straight rubbish to me. Um Favorite candy of mine is a bougie candy, Ferrero Rocher. Ooh. Dude, it's so good. Did it's you like so run good. away from your mom when you were little to make her come look for you or something? <laughs> <laughs> or Reese's. I'll settle for a Reese's because that's also A1. Dude, 100%. I would say my most like utility candy all around that I like is Snickers. But I see you. Like an, a Reese's egg. Or Christmas tree is just... Or a pumpkin. Yeah, so good. Mm. Least favorite, bottle caps. Oh, those things are gross. That tastes like, like soda, medicine, you know? bro. Oh, <laughs> Soda-flavored candy? Ugh. Bro, even, even the Flintstones <laughs> vitamins are Dude, better. <laughs> for real. Um, 
Wait, what about like fruit candy? Okay, wait. Black licorice, yay or nay? I'm licorice in general, doo doo. Yeah, not not red a fan. vines. Get out. <laughs> Twizzlers even. That's like the knockoff red vines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they're so fun to eat, bro. You like take them. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> they're Remind the string of your cheese un- of candy. <laughs> it's like it's like candied onion grass, huh? <laughs> Dude, just a little less onion flavor, but I'm still about it. Um, on the episode or on the channel, we will be making onion grass soup sometime and trying it. <laughs> Dude, that'd be hilarious. Mark our words. <laughs> Just barf on camera. One day, let's try to make some bomb ass onion grass soup, <laughs> bro. It's like Oxymoron. it's like binging with Babish. Shout out. <laughs> he hears it and then he collab. makes a good version of it. <laughs> yeah, collab with binging with Babish. Um, I also hate. Uh, is it mounds? Dude, I like mounds, bro. That like is coconut, it the one with coconut? dark chocolate. The thing is, I I hate coconut. I like coconut. And people are like, but you're from Hawaii. <laughs> What? No. <laughs> no. No way. <laughs> and Santa's not real. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, maybe we should take that out. Um, yeah. Kids. I don't like coconut and mounds. Well, I love Almond Joy, so. Almond Joy has coconut too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like Almond Joy either. <laughs> That's fine. You can like Almond Joy well, and what the- uh, Wait, fruit candy? Haichu, dude. Ooh, high chews. High chew over Starburst. Starburst still good. I do like I that pink Hi-Chu. Starburst. Pink Starburst is where. See, here's the Dude, thing. I, there are bad Starbursts, and everybody knows it. Like when Which you get ones? a, I hate red Starburst. Yeah, yeah, when you get red or orange, know this. I love orange Starburst. Okay, so, let's stick with red then, or yellow too. I was I passing yellow. out. I was passing out candy yeah, for Halloween. You are yellow, dog. <laughs> yeah, you're, was, sh- wait, shut up. Stop. Yeah. Sean is talking. I no, I can a, hear. I had a bowl full of Starburst, and this kid comes up, and he's like. Oh, all the pink ones are gone. <laughs> I was like, sorry, man. Everybody knows that the pink Starburst is the best. Yeah. Haichu, there's no bad Haichu. Okay. okay. <laughs> Fine. That might be the truth. <laughs> it is the truth. I'm telling you right here. You heard it here first. Also, Skittles. I do like them Skittles. Skittles are good. All of them. Like the berry True. one, the tropical one. Mm-hmm. I like mashing them together. Mm. And then I yeah. actually organize all of them, kind of like Jordan. <laughs> 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 if you remember all the way back in like episode two or three where he talks about it. Segregation. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jordan's like, it just feels natural. It's like God's <laughs> way. <laughs> Um, gushers, dude. Oh, gushers. I was like, I didn't like gushers. You that was like, like one of my gushers, favorite bro. candies growing up. Gushers and roll ups, fruit by the foot and stuff. I wasn't about that. Mm. I don't know. I still like some them. fools would like put gushers in their fruit roll up and like make a blunt type thing. With them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Just smoke, just that. light it up. <laughs> oh, you know what I hate? It's almost <laughs> like, like movie candies, whether it's Mike and Ike's. Or oh, hot, hot tamales. I don't like Mike's hot tamales. Most of them who, that come in the box, mm. <laughs> I'm just not about. M&M's come in the box, though, and I'm about those. Yeah, but not n- usually, you know? When they come in a bag, they're better. I changed my favorite candy ever. Okay. And I'm being 100% serious. Just now. Chico Sticks. Hmm. I love Chico, Chico Sticks. Chico Sticks? I don't even know what those are. Really? They're, they're essentially the inside of a Butterfinger. So butter, <laughs> just the finger, just a stick. <laughs> <laughs> you just look over at Charles in the movie theater, just munching on a finger, dude. Dude, they are so good. 
Dude, I'm sorry. I'm in a weird... Bro, you need more. Nevertheless, <laughs> we're excited to be back. Uh, I think that was a good question to start off with. Sure. Cool. But I did want to discuss something. Oh, yeah. You had something to say. What's up? So I wanted to talk about like inviting spirits. Oh, right. Yeah. I wanted to invite or talk about inviting spirits, good and bad. So my theory on this has always been uh, you can invite good spirits by like doing good and positive things. If you're in a church, you mm-hmm. say prayers, you sing hymns, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, you can do the opposite and you can invite bad spirits. And I have always thought through seeking out scary or dark things or telling scary stories. And so for our listeners out there, I do want you to be conscious and aware of like your levels and energy and yeah, just try to be conscious of that. I think for sure, certain like traits and attributes like exude different types of energies. Mm -hmm. Last week I was in a meeting with these two people that I could potentially do work for. And one of them is a longtime friend. The other one I've met once before. Super, uh, She's super nice. And the whole time she was just like, the work that they had going on was really, they do a lot of humanitarian work and they, one of the countries they work in is in Greece with a lot of the refugees. It's like emotionally stressful. And just trying to set up these refugees with, I don't know, success, <laughs> running away from the war and, trying to live a normal life um but she was like so optimistic and all i could think of was like this girl has good energy like i feel good around her like the way she talks about problems like she's like trying to find like solutions Mm -hmm. and she just had like a happy like aura surrounding her Mm. so i think just working on yourself that sounds so sounds like a self-help book but that's honestly all it is it's like you can invite good spirits just through who you are and how you develop, how you act around and others and yourself. Call it spirits or frequencies or energy or whatever you want. The first time I was really keenly, keenly aware of it was when I was living in Australia. We I got together with some friends and we decided to have a scary story night. And we start with the top ones and it, you know, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., it's getting later and later, and then we start going down to, like, the hardcore demonic possession. Like, (laughs) everything you don't want to touch, we're getting there. And then we all go to bed, and I talked about sleep paralysis, and someone there had never heard of it, and I'm pretty passionate about that, so I went off and just unloaded on this kid. Mm -hmm. And that night, he had super severe, hardcore sleep paralysis. Dude, every time, not to, like, derail you, but, like, Every time you talk about sleep paralysis, somebody gets it, dude. It's like it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sean's smiling because he's never had it. And, <laughs> and I'm just over here praying he gets it. Yeah. Sean's not a real person. Is what Sean has saying. sleep paralysis all the time. <laughs> His life is sleep paralysis. Just sleep paralysis yeah. What's going on, guys? <laughs> no, but, um, and, and that's the type of thing is just like you're opening yourself up or inviting. And I heard. I'm not going to go into any details. I'm not going to say any names, but someone who's a fan of our podcast kind of had a traumatic experience. Whoa. And it was right after they listened to our podcast. 
and wow. went to sleep. So, cautionary disclaimer: just be aware. Try to try to add positive things into your life. And we've said this before, and we'll say it again: find things to clear the air. Like, if you feel like that negative energy, I don't know. You might not even believe in this, but it's like you can't deny that sometimes you feel weird or bad about your environment like try to find things or do something to clear that air and bring more positive energy so we try to do that like if we're feeling spooked we'll throw on what what do we throw on guys i personally don't do that so i'm staying quiet the rest of this part I don't know. Uh, we just, I the, think the well, office is great. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll take it. The office, Netflix. <laughs> anyway, you guys get it. Yeah. So just disclaimer. Yeah. Love y'all. Let's roll. Oh, wait. I have one thing to say. Let's not roll. What you got? DJ, do you want to tell us about when you and I went to the mall? And those dudes were just hella judging us. So <laughs> Charles and I. You weren't like holding hands or something, were you? <laughs> no. We were making out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just like that. <laughs> Charles and I were going to the mall to meet up with his wife and her best friend, also one of our friends. Um, we walk into Nordstrom mm-hmm. or Neiman. Is it Neiman Marcus? I don't know what Didn't that is. It was Nordstrom. Nordstrom? Okay. Um, we walked into Nordstrom, and they're not in Nordstrom. We just walk through it to get to a store close by it. And as we're nearing the exit or entrance of Nordstrom, there's these three like beautiful girls, and they are decked out, like dipped in gold, like, just looking so fly um, that I just see in my peripherals, but I know they're like, like they're like staring right at us, eyeing us out. And it wasn't like checking us out. It was like, oh, I feel like these girls are hella judging us right now. So like <laughs> I like refuse to make eye contact, <laughs> and they're like I don't know thirty yards away at this point. Yeah, and I saw them. They were just yeah standing there. Yeah, and as we get closer, I like glance really quick at them. And I notice, and they're just like three mannequins wearing clothes <laughs> at the entrance of the store. At the entrance. And I, well, we're walking, and a DJ just dies laughing. He starts like almost like how laughing. I'm like, what the hell? And he's like, bro, I thought these were chicks. Hella judging us, bro. <laughs> bro, I thought it was weird because they weren't moving. They just, just scaring the whole time. <laughs> They weren't moving. They were just like looking at our direction. And That's so funny. Yeah. Spoopy. It was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> there you have it. And with that, it's time. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had a relationship that you're proud of? Proud of because you put in the work. And the other person put in the work as well. Uh, didn't have to be perfect. But uh, effort was made, honest effort. I think it's definitely more rare to have those types of relationships. Uh, the good thing is with, with therapy, at least in my experience, uh, that's something I've been able to find. 
somebody who invests in me, uh, especially when I invest in myself. And we'd love, love, love for you to experience something similar. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, it's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible, suited to your schedule. Uh, become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3 a.m. today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. Listen to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. It's a fun show about weird stuff. New episodes every Wednesday, yeah, eggheads. I'm Art. And I'm Andy. And Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time is a podcast about conspiracies, the paranormal, UFOs, unsolved mysteries. We're, we're going to be discussing the Kennedy assassinations. Oh, yeah. That's his nickname, Finger Banging Bob Lazar. Give me some aliens with some good frickin' spacecraft. The whole enchilada. <laughs> the only thing bigger than Bigfoot's feet are our egos. If you like simulation theory, ancient history, egghead science, and Mandela effect, that kind of stuff. So check it out. New episodes every Wednesday. All the links you need on MrBunkersConspiracyTime.com. And we'll see you in the bunker. The roll. Oh, grab them D20s, boys. One, two, three. Ooh. Sean, go. Charlie got a 14. DJ got a 10. And Sean got a three. Three. Mm-hmm. Three. So... The order that we're sitting in. The order Ooh. that you see here, left to right. Cool. From your perspective. Charles, me, Sean. All right. I kind of have just some random short ones this this week. So, first one. <laughs> so, this actually happened to my dear older sister, Brittany. So, this happened back in Central California. And one of her really good friends as mom was a realtor. And so at this time, Brittany was helping her like prepare houses and get them on the market so they could show them to potential buyers. And they get this one house and it's in this place called Badger Hill. And Badger Hill is outside of town in the foothills on the way up to the Sequoias. And it's where if you live there, you're super duper rich. So these houses, it's a gated community and they're huge. And as they're driving up to the house, Brittany's like getting the story like piece by piece from her friend's mom until she starts realizing there's something off about the house. Hmm. So the people who lived there were married for a very long time. They were wealthy and they had a son. And the son went into the mountains in the Sequoias on a hiking trip and he never returned. They never found the body and he disappeared. And after that, their marriage went to shit and the memory of their son hurt so much that they got up one day and left the house. They did. They took like a bag of clothes but everything in the house they left. So this job was particularly big to go prepare this house to be seen. So she had asked Brittany to go help her. Mm-hmm. So they get to the house and they go in the front door and the mom's like, I'll go upstairs. I have a ton of stuff I need to move around up there. If you want to go and just tidy up around the kitchen and things like that, that would be great. 
So immediately they got in and Brittany hears this story. She's a little on edge. Her friend's mom goes upstairs. And Brittany goes into the kitchen. And the pantry door is open. And the light's on. And she's like, that's weird. But maybe someone left it on last time. So she yells up to her friend's mom and says, hey, like, was there anyone else in this house before, we, you know, you and I came? She said, no, I was the last one here. I turned everything off. So that's like flag number one. Mm-hmm. And then Brittany's trying to like straighten up around the kitchen and she goes up to the fridge and there is a cutout of a newspaper and it's the article of the son and his story who went missing and it's the only thing sitting on the fridge like on a magnet and she said just chills run through her entire body run my through my entire body so she's terrified screams friend's mom comes downstairs she's staring at it and she's like i was here a couple days ago and that was not and then they look down and they realize they couldn't because it was dim until they turned on the lights. But there are muddy hiking boot footprints all around the kitchen. Oh. And they lead to the garage. And they go down the stairs into the garage. And they go out the door and just out. So they followed this. No. <laughs> these footprints. But at least throughout the house. Yeah. Yeah. And they open the door and they look in the garage and the footprints just go to the garage door. And then the garage door was open like the back to the backyard and they just went out into the hills. Holy cow. And Brittany said they were both freaked out, got in the car and left. And then I walked back inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then she came to find out that her friend's mom gave up that listing and was just like, there was too many times she was there and got the weirdest vibes. And Brittany fully believes she's like, I totally think it's like the spirit of the son who just doesn't know where his family is and is lost in the afterlife. That's pretty wild though. Cause uh, the the best scary stories are like, even if it is the paranormal Mm -hmm. outcome, terrifying. And if it's not, it's even like more terrifying. Like who's doing that? Yeah. Who's (laughs) coming into my house (laughs) knows enough about us and found that article clipping. Oh yeah. True. Yeah. Put it in. Also, who doesn't clean their shoes (laughs) (laughs) before they go in the house? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. There was one time I saw someone put their feet up on a couch (sighs) with shoes on. And I was like, Get your GD feet down <laughs> off of that couch right now. Jesus did not die for your sins to be sitting on a couch right now. <laughs> Bro, I know what you're saying. That's scary, though. Like, if I saw that, I would probably be freaking out for a second. And then I would probably try and follow the steps as far as I could. Oh, you're a braver man than me, dude. I'm not about that. <laughs> I would follow, too. But I'd make sure I like people knew or people were oh, with yeah. me. Bring someone with me mm-hmm. if they wanted yeah. to come because sometimes not everyone wants to come. But also, I would put up a camera in the house for next time. Hmm. One of those old point-and-shoots for selfies. One of the... Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude. Speaking of cameras in the house, we are going to have read back on the podcast i think just as a guest not like a full 3 p.m episode nice nice i recently was hanging out with him 
and he told me this story that involves cameras in the house, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Please tell me it was his house. I'm not saying anything. Ah, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <Terrifying>. Cool. <laughs> that should be fun. Yeah, we'd love to have him. Okay. They could get ring. Because then when the person's there, it shows you, and you can see them right there at the time. Call the police. Someone's at the house. Or you could get Vivint Smart Home. <laughs> this is not <laughs> sponsored by Vivint yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Next one, real quick. Yeah. It's actually a submission on our Instagram. Sick. So this kid uh, said he heard of us from somewhere. I don't know and wanted to write in his experience. So he is a convert to the Mormon church. So he joined the Mormon church or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints when he was older. He served his Mormon mission in Japan near Hiroshima. So he gets to Japan. It's a huge culture shock. He gets sent out to like the port of Hiroshima, like the city around there. But the more inland you go, the more mountainous and rural it is. And he gets sent way out there. Hmm. And at this point, while he's living there, he can speak zero Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) But luckily, he's partnered with a person who can speak Japanese and does a really good job at um, translating. So while they're living and working in this area, one of the church members says, hey, you need to... So you need to visit this lady. And he said, we'll call her Yamamoto. Hmm. Go visit her. Um, she's having a really hard time and you guys might be able to brighten her day. So they go out way out like into this rural location to visit her. They bring a member of the local church with them and they knock on the door and the door opens and this older woman with black hair opens it. She, she looks very like heavy, like there's something on her. And she looks up and she looks at them and she starts speaking Japanese and they're doing all these greetings and he can barely pick up a word here or there. And his friend who we'll call Takashi is translating. And all of a sudden she says something and he notices Takashi like looks really quickly at both of them and kind of like stiffens up. And he says that Yamamoto said, I see you brought a friend with you. And he's like, yeah, we like from the local church. So didn't think anything in it. And they went inside. They sat down, they spoke with her. And when they went inside, all three of them. So Takashi, our, our friend and the person they brought from the church, they come and they sit down and Yamamoto goes, your friend left and it clicks. And he realizes he's not, or she wasn't talking about the friend we brought from the church. And Takashi's still acting really weird, and they get out. They get out. They leave. <clears throat> and he's like, "What was that? Like, what happened?" And he said, "She insisted that you had brought a friend with you." And he's like, "What do you mean?" And he says, "A spirit." And she could see it. What? But when they had come inside, the spirit didn't enter with them. Kind of freaked him out. He had never never had any experience with like anyone seeing ghosts. And he started to understand why she looks so heavy. 
and it was because she can see spirits. Whoa. So like a month later, they decide to go back and visit. Real quick, what was the exact thing that she said? She said, oh, I can see you brought a friend with you. So what about that made Takashi like perk up and just like, what? That's weird. I think it's because, so I think there was an exchange like, yeah, this is so-and-so from the ward. And she was like, no, no, no. Like they he, didn't he come brought, in. Yeah, he brought something with you. And then when they all three of them went inside, she said, oh, I see that the friend you brought has left. Hmm. I know it didn't really make sense. I, I didn't tell it the best, but I'm trying to tell it how it was written. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they come back about a month later just to visit um, Yamamoto. And they get there. They knock on the door. The door opens. She looks at both of them and then pauses for a while on our friend mm-hmm. and then looks down. And so they're speaking with her. And at this point, our friend can speak Japanese pretty well mm-hmm. um, or at least much better. And so he can understand what's going on. And they're asking her, how's your day? How's your week? What's going on? And, and everything she's answering is like one word questions. And then Takashi says, um, Mrs. Mamo- Yamamoto, is something wrong? And she just shakes her head, staring down. And she go, or he goes, is there a spirit here with us? And she just shakes her head. Holy cow. Or nods her head. And he goes, where is the spirit? And they're standing like right here, right in front of her. And she just goes and points right in between them. Bro, I would have started karate chopping. He said the instant she pointed, he felt breathing on his neck from right beside him and said, I could barely move he's terrified he has never had experiences with ghosts or supernatural in his entire life and he feels this presence and so they don't know what to do so they just decided to pray as hard as they can with her and he said after a while it felt like it had gone but that it's he like could still sense it but he could move at this point And so he left, and then very shortly after that, he moved away from that area and didn't really experience anything like that again. Hmm. But according to him, he said, you know, the Japanese are very superstitious and have a ton of stories, which I appreciated hearing because I'm part Japanese. But my mom was adopted, so I don't know anything about my Japanese side. So I might reach out to him again and just ask him a ton of questions. Hmm. Dang. But yeah, that would be wild to be like someone that had that ability to see spirits like just without trying, you know, I was going to say, it seems like, and we've talked with people, one of like one other Your example, homie, bro. Is, yeah, Ikaika, um, I forgot what exact episode it was, but it just seems like people are more sensitive to those kind of things. You know, he called it the gift, right? Um, and it seems like a lot of those people are, if looks like they're like born with it. Mm. Like nobody goes and studies that. But that's it for me for stories tonight. Mm. So who's up next? That's me, boy. Hey. The very first story happens in 04. So okay. where were you in 2014? Wait, 
<laughs> 2004. <laughs> to wherever you were what? in 2014, that was 10 years after this story <laughs> happened. <laughs> I'm not Asian, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I did not inherit that. Cool. 2004. 2004, this happens. And um, <clears throat> this dude is with his friends, and they decide to go and have a weekend in Joshua Tree. Mm. Oh, cool. You've been to Joshua Tree? No, not yet. I you have. were close to there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. With your recent um Spartan race. It was about an hour away, probably. Okay. You've I, been to Joshua Tree, what's it like? Beautiful. Uh I am not about if if you gave me the option of lush mountains, tropical region, or desert, desert will be the last on my list every time. Yeah. But so I wasn't I wasn't soaked to go to Joshua Tree. We went down there and it's amazing. Yeah. It's weird. It's weirdly amazing. Yeah. It feels like you're on the moon or something, like a uh-huh. different planet. It's trippy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not what you think of when you hear the word vacation. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, it's in Southern California. Um, they're just having a good time. They're hanging out. They don't he doesn't really talk about exactly what they did there. So we'll never know. But the most important part of the trip was when he sees at night. What he describes as UFOs. Ooh. That's not my topic. I'm still getting there. Wow. So um, he takes a video of it with his flip phone. Yeah. So he says he he witnessed a couple of glowing blue UFOs. Um, it was nighttime. And the speed at which these things were moving was incredibly fast you know um it didn't have the cadence of a regular airplane Hmm. so he actually he didn't take a a video he tried to take a photo with his flip phone um but they can't stop talking about what they saw because they can't think of anything else Mm -hmm. besides it being a ufo that's all i can think of um so they're all done with their trip they're driving back home and the the night before comes up in conversation again and while they're talking he notices that behind them is a black car and he says it looks like a cadillac and it's dark tinted windows so he can't see who's in the car how many people or what they look like mibs and it's following them for quite some time so it, this is happening long enough to where he tries to lose them. So when they get closer to the city, he loses them in some neighborhoods. And they wait a little bit. And when they feel it's finally safe, they decide to go home or continue on mm-hmm. on their journey home. So they drive home, they pull up, and they made it home safe. Everyone's Ooh. at home. Everyone's cool. The next day, he leaves the house to go run some errands, and it's in the middle of the day, and when he's finished, he's driving back home, and as he's pulling up, this time, he sees the same car in his driveway. Damn. And at this point, he's gotten so close to the house, it's too late to keep driving or... (laughs) 
to turn around they'll notice yeah exactly <laughs> it would just be awkward like i just imagine him being in like a really tight street and he makes like a 12 point turn <laughs> so no he he parks in his driveway bold mm. and as he gets out these two men come outside of the car and they're both wearing black suits with black fedora-like hats. And it's kind of hard to see their face. But they approach him. And all he says is that he descri- he describes their appearance as... All he can say is that it looks plastic and expressionless. They both had like a pale olive kind of skin tone. Hmm. That's all that he could gather. What from did they say? Looking at them. So they approach him and they said, We have a few questions for you. And here are some of the questions that they asked. Have and you, you ever heard of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? <laughs> Cthulhu. Do you have uh, some time to spare? I'm sorry. No. What are they? So they look at him and they say, can you describe what you saw that night? What do you think you saw? Did you take any photos of what you witnessed? Were there others who might have had recording devices or cameras? Do you know if anyone recorded the incident? Have you spoken about this incident with anyone else who wasn't present with you that night? Did you find any unusual debris at the location you were that night? Would you be withholding any important information from us? Okay, so Sean says no, 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 yes, no, no. Okay, actually, I was thinking about those questions as well. Like, if you say that no one else was there and no one else knows, what's to stop them from just taking They're like, you? They're like, perfect. Exactly. So maybe some of those I ask yes. Smart, I smart. answer yes. So this person who shared the story didn't share the exact like response he gave to them all he said was he gave them really dodgy answers made a lot of stuff up didn't give them the complete truth of what happened from Mm -hmm. his perspective him and his friend's side and they were really like pestering him Hmm. after some time on the driveway and these men not having a lot of success they almost gave up and they ended their questioning um, by telling him to not talk about what he saw or what just happened in the driveway. Hmm. And they got into their car and they left. He never saw them again. So uh, what I wanted to talk about tonight was... Mibs. Mibs. Damn. The men in black. So many encounters with men in black. And we've never talked about this before, not even mentioned it, uh-huh. which is interesting. But there's a lot of accounts of people seeing, running into. There's even vo- video footage of it, CCTV footage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're unaware or uninitiated, Men in Black, yes, was a popular movie about Will Smith <laughs> fighting aliens. <laughs> but it is actually um, a supernatural or regular occurrence 
people have had over the years, and it's usually always before or after um, an experience of UFOs. So there's hundreds of documented cases of people being visited by very mysterious men, and usually in black suits and all black cars, and it's after they had an experience with the UFO, they come mm-hmm. and they just do weird stuff. And a lot of them say they had olive skin or almost Asian looking sometimes. Like they can't like, place or, where they're from. Or really pale white skin. With like no facial hair mm-hmm. or eyebrows. No eyebrows, or... big eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, there's CCTV. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, there's footage of these fools walking around potentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the footage... Like, from the pictures and, like, the footage I've seen, like, they look awkward. Like the little rascals the standing on top of each other. Yeah, I was or, like, about space those aliens jam. from Space Jam. Yes, dude. <laughs> when they get into the suit. And they take what, the NBA players, like, skills, dude. Mm-hmm. They look, it looks like a box, like a refrigerator box. Like, their body shape is, like, rectangular. Like a little pump video. <laughs> yeah, low pump Kanye West. Uh, sick uh, frick. I love it. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird. It's super super weird. I have another story with uh, Men in Black. Let's go. So this one takes place in England a few years ago. So a lot more recently. And this person was fifteen when this all happened, and they were playing video games upstairs chilling in their room when they get a knock on their door and they know that or she knows that her mom is up um she gets a knock at the door she thinks it's strange because it's 11 o'clock at night Hmm. and by this time it's dark for five hours and it's during the winter time in england so um super curious as to who's knocking at this hour she walks out and she her bedroom is on the second floor and it comes out to the balcony of the stairs and she can see down um to the doorway but she's just high enough where she can't see like the face of the person standing in the the doorway only she sees like part of the torso and down yeah so the mom opens the door and there's two figures in black suits. And she's just far enough. And there's just enough echo in the house so that she only makes out mumbling. Oh. So she can't hear exactly the conversation that's taking place. But she's watching her mom talk to these men for only 20 or so seconds. And the mom backs up, grabs the door, shuts it close. So she runs downstairs and she talks to her mom. She said, who was that? And I'm not sure if the mom told her right then and there. Because it would be kind of terrifying, I feel like. Or if she waited and asked a couple years later. But what happened was these two men who had no hair on their face and big eyes, and they were both wearing these black hats and they were matching. But they looked the same, 
same size, they asked for the daughter, not just a first name, but the last name, and said, is first name, last name here? And the mom was smart enough to respond, you have the wrong house. And that's when she closes the door and says goodbye. So the person who sent this story um, also mentions that the mom said they had a German-sounding accent. Hmm. That was the only other notable thing about them. Um, Some pretty good theories that she's thought of over the years of who it might be. One, a harmless prank by a friend calling some religious group to my house, parentheses, (laughs) Jehovah Witness or Mormons. (laughs) Two, I somehow ended up on a cult list. Three, Deep web could have led them to me somehow. So none of those are great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she said she can't call it for what it is, but that's what happened to her. Ugh. That's scary, dude. Quick thinking on the mom for sure. Yeah, coming in clutch. That was great. Where was the dad? Moms, dude. I know. <laughs> Yikes, dude. Yeah, so these men in black, do you think it's organized? Do you think it's just two dudes trolling? I mean, also, there has to be a percentage of confusion from missionaries <laughs> walking around. <laughs> I was just like, we, how many people think, oh, there's some men in black right there? <laughs> I mean, we have a friend who served his mission in upstate New York, and he's 6'8". <laughs> And his companion or partner at the time was like six nine, and they were both wearing trench coats in winter, walking around the hood, <laughs> and everyone called them uh, the feds. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Do I think I don't know? Men, I've never had an experience with them or know anyone who's personally had an experience with them. So this is one that I'm in my mind is easily could be a myth, mm-hmm. but it's still terrifying the thought of it. Mm-hmm. And if it is real. Israel. <laughs> if it is real, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm not giving you anything for that. <laughs> I don't deserve it, so. Uh, if it is real, then several other really frightening facts are real in that somehow they know when people have experiences with UFOs, they know where to locate them. They're probably organized. Yeah, it, yeah. They have enough intel to know where people live. And at least from those two stories. First and last names, apparently. And that would suggest that there is some sort of supernatural or extraterrestrial element that they're monitoring and don't want people to know about. True. Yeah. Then it means aliens are real. (laughs) So there's (laughs) that too. Yeah. And uh, people, some people think that they're aliens trying to act as humans. Mm-hmm. Some people think it's the government. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was in England though, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. They have I, I don't, th- I don't think they have government there. Right? <laughs> well, no, I'm just like thinking what kind of organization would be so similar. MI6. Probably the, probably the Kingsmen. Oh, no. <laughs> That's true, Maine. The Knights Templar. <laughs> uh, you should pull up the CCT footage. CCTV footage. <laughs> have you ever seen it sean yeah i've seen it 
Have you yeah. seen it? Yeah, we've all seen it. It's an F. Never mind. Um, you know, recently, though, uh, there was a branch of the military that came out and acknowledged the, uh, the reality of unidentified flying objects. I don't know if it was Navy or Air Force or something mm-hmm. like that. Navy? Uh, yeah, I think the Navy. Yeah, but like straight out came in, yeah, there's UFOs. And you know who's uh, pioneering all that evidence coming out? All, all the, the laser. small things. <laughs> don't copyright me, please. Uh, Tom DeLong from oh. Blink-182. Some 41. <laughs> no, Blink- <laughs> Some 182. <laughs> Some guy. <laughs> <laughs> Something wrong. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the fact that the lead singer from Blink-182 is like uh, revealing that UFOs actually exist just prove we're in a simulation and this is all <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> you know, there's also like a very popular phenomena in Phoenix called the Phoenix Lights. Have you heard of those? Vaguely. That sounds familiar. Both my parents have seen them. Do tell, please. Because that's feel all like they I'm, told me. Oh, I'll have fuck. to ask about it. But so they're just lights in the sky. Lights in the sky that are unidentified. Butterfly in the sky. <laughs> you can go twice as high. <laughs> are we calling this episode Reading Rainbow? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'll have to ask, though. That's definitely a scary thought, though. Men in black? Men in black, because that could mean so much more. It's funny because I feel like all the encounters and stories I've read about Men in Black, it was like it like the Men in Black's like intentions like were unfruitful and unsuccessful. Like we don't have a story of somebody being kidnapped. Well, yeah, you wouldn't. <laughs> well, yeah, but no, no, I'm talking about like like nobody just said like, oh, I watched as like my mom answered the door and she's drunk. And away. these two men took her, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was always like they came really mysteriously, pale skin, weird looking, and they didn't get what they wanted, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is weird. So it's like, I don't know what you guys are doing over there in the, the men in black, but <laughs> you're not very good at your job. <laughs> it's because you don't remember anything after the flash, so Ooh. that's why. Them boys hot. If we ever get approached by the men in black, we will tell you listeners. We'll tell all of our listeners. Yeah. So if any men in black are listening today, visit DJ. <laughs> visit DJ. <laughs> all right, Shawnee boy, you up. All right. I didn't really come prepared this week. So I'm just going to tell you what I got. Due to the fact that it is coming up, once you listen to this episode close to Thanksgiving, I was primarily focused on things that happened around Thanksgiving. So I found a folktale or folklore that comes out of Georgia. The country? The state. Oh. So in a town called Oakville, Georgia, really kind of out in the middle of nowhere, south of Atlanta, Kind of, I mean, if you picture it, just thick, thick forest. And these are all like, um, I can't remember what they're called, but like thick forested trees and stuff like that. If you think Appalachian Trail, this is what I think of, but not everyone knows what that means. So <laughs> there's a house that 
is supposedly haunted. Now, this house was owned by a farmer. His name was Wallingsham, Farmer Wallingsham, and this is around late 1900s. So shortly after a civil war, they vacate the house, and they believe that when they vacated the house, something came and took up residence in the house. So a few years after leaving the house abandoned, farmer, I don't know, gets up the nerve to come back, or maybe since the war is over, they're able to move back in and everything. <clears throat> and immediately, once they get back to the house and they go in, they instantly get this feeling of uneasiness, kind of like a claustrophobia just not wanting to be alone in any of these rooms in the house. But it has been abandoned for a little bit, and they chalk it up to just that, right? Now, they did report that their dog, whose name was Don Caesar, <laughs> would not... <laughs> Would not go into the house. What kind of dog? It doesn't say. Mm. Um, but he wouldn't go into the house. And when they did get him to go into the house, he was freaked out and would just back into a corner. And then he started acting strange as well. They reported at one evening, shortly after moving into the house, he started barking at something, something that they couldn't see. And then... And this is the South and early or late 1900s, the door was open. The dog runs outside and they kind of run after it and see it jump into midair and almost appear to hit something and just fall to the ground. Now, when they came and looked at the dog, it had broken its neck and their dog died. Whoa. Now, strangely enough, they also had a cat, and they said that the cat was fully at home. Like, it was super chill coming <laughs> to this house. And would they said would appear to be just purring and rubbing against something, but nothing would be there. Ooh, I don't like man. that. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. Pump <laughs> that cat, dog. <laughs> the hell's wrong? I, so, I kind of am believer that cats are dicks demonic <laughs> <laughs> animals uh, like dogs i think can see sense see things that we can't like there's frequencies we can't hear uh-huh just like the dog whistle colors yeah mm. colors refractions of light and yeah that's why you have those dogs who like will bark at to us nothing yeah or be staring at what to us is nothing yeah mm -hmm. yeah um, and then cats are fully aligned with uh, Lucifer. <laughs> True. Um, what is Egyptian like folklore, like legend, where like the god of the dead is like has the head of a cat or something? Is that is that a thing? I think Anubis. Anubis is a dog. Oh, is, is it? A dog. Yeah, they worship Sphinx. Cats. Oh, Sphinx. Yeah, they cat. got it. Head of a person, body of a cat, or something. And if you, I think it's uh, customary if you hold up a cat that the mummy will scream and then run away. Hmm. 
Oh, uh, well, yeah, dude. I remember seeing that in a documentary one time. <laughs> Isn't Anubis a jackal? <laughs> yeah. Is jackal a, like a I think feline it's canine. or canine? canine. Yeah. Huh. Maybe we should sure. look a thing up. Yeah, <laughs> we're like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, so I imagine that the time period when they moved back into this house was sometime late summer, because it gets to be around Thanksgiving time, and they invite their friends over. This is kind of one of those big mansion houses, just out in the middle of nowhere in the wooded, foresty area of South. West Georgia. Terrifying. Like one of those plantation looking houses. Damn. Um, <clears throat> so they invite and they have friends over for this Thanksgiving meal. And what year is this? Late 1900s. Oh, so damn. not okay. a specific date, but I'm, I am one reading the story pictured 19 or sorry, 1890 to 1900. Okay. So they're all around this big oak dinner table having Thanksgiving and talking. And some of the guests say that they could then hear like a like a laughing appearing to come from upstairs directly above them. And that laughing was kind of hushed and quieted for a little while. And then there were also some that reported like a groaning that was happening. So a different sound, but also directly above them in the room. And then all of a sudden, all of the guests hear a scream and something hard hit the floor. And then shortly after, drips start coming through this. And the, the floors back then were, you know, slatted. So like drips start coming through. Drips of ceiling. what? Water? Or Rip blood. Oh, freak. Just <laughs> landing right on the table. Oh. And everyone is in shock. No one knows what to do. And eventually, after... Everyone who's home is downstairs, right? Everyone is there at the table at this Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, my gosh. And then the head of the table, Farmer Wallingsham, (laughs) finally gathers his wits and runs upstairs. He gets to the the, uh, room that's directly above them and opens the door. There are a few guests that followed. There's nothing there. So he goes and he starts pulling up the carpet pulling up the carpet that's in this house. And once he gets the carpet up, he sees this red stain just on the floor. So at that point, as any reasonable human being would do, they get the fuck out of there (laughs) (laughs) and leave the house abandoned once again. (laughs) Now, one thing with all kind of creepy haunted houses is they start to gain like, notoriety within the community as something haunted Mm -hmm. and with a haunted house stupid kids like ourselves decide to go and explore nice now there was one such stupid kid this is years later this is probably now early 20th century a uh kid named horace gunn (laughs) rip (laughs) he gets and he makes a bet with some of his friends. And his bet is he's going to go and spend a night in the house. Now, Just him. Just him. Stupid Horace. Stupid Horace. Stupid. <laughs> so one night, he gets up the nerve to go and spend the night in this haunted house. And 
he just goes kind of in the living room area. Just It's probably off to one of the sides specifically of this giant plantation house. And he's sitting in this room. He, uh, after a while, just kind of getting bored, decides, you know, I'm going to light a fire so that I can, uh, in, in like the fire, in the, in <laughs> okay. the, in the fireplace like- <laughs> to kind of, you know, have something there to, you know. Goddamn horse. <laughs> <laughs> he just lights the house on fire. No, no. To keep him company, essentially, with this fire. <laughs> yeah. So he uh, lights a match. It goes out. He lights another match and instantly goes out. So the third match, he holds it really close to this like parcel of paper that he had with him. It barely catches the paper on fire and then smolders away and goes out. <sighs> Now, at this point, he's like, okay, I guess I'm not going to be able to start a fire and just kind of sits there. And then all of a sudden, he starts hearing laughing, laughing and steps running up and down the stairs in the other room and then running around on the second floor above him. And then he hears the scream and the hit of the floor again. And he's freaking out now. But he's... Also, just like he doesn't know what to do. He's in shock, essentially. And as he's sitting there, he sees a gray light just kind of appear by the wall at about about head level. And it's really dim at first. And it's completely silent. All of the laughing and the running around has stopped. The gray light gets a little bit brighter and then clearer, and he can tell that it's the face of someone. And he freaks out. He runs into the other room trying to get to the front door, and as he gets to the front door, something grabs him by the ankles, yanks his ankles back, and he falls. He hits his head and then feels something close around his neck. And no one heard from Horace again until the next morning. Oh, <laughs> I was like, then how'd they know what happened to him? <laughs> when his friends showed up at the house and found him unconscious with bruise around his neck oh. of skinny, long fingers. Oh. Skinny fingers. <laughs> Salad fingers? <laughs> <laughs> now, after... Another few years, they decide to finally tear down the house and sell off the property. But they discover a deposit of bones that is in the yard. Oh, snap. And then they go back and look at some of the documents that Farmer Wallingsham had kept. (laughs) And apparently when he moved back into the house after having been gone the first time, he found a bunch of bones just on the premises and dumped all of those bones into what they said was lime kiln to just kind of dissolve them and get rid of them. Mm -hmm. And people started to believe that it was the spirits of the bodies that were disrespected that came back to haunt those that entered the home. I'd say that's a fairly rational conclusion. And to this day, no one else has seen or heard anything. The house is demolished. There's nothing else there. But that is 
the story of Oakville, Georgia. Their folk folk story down there. Ooh. That's a good one. I have a question. And I have something to add to after you. (laughs) Let's say you find a house you love and it just, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. You want to move into it and it's at an affordable, great price. Mm -hmm. Right before you sign the papers, they say, but this house is known to be extremely haunted. (laughs) Would you do it? I feel like we're big on not giving things power. <laughs> so by that philosophy, we should be signing away and be like, whatever. Like, I'm not scared of this thing. I agree, but I also don't tempt it. So yeah. I'm going to be like, hey, can I spend the night here tonight and just see how I feel? And then I'll, we'll, we'll talk about signing in the morning. You're Horus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say you do spend that first night. I did night. go into a freaking haunted house by myself. So it's like. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. I don't know. Yeah, that would be a hard question for me. Or I don't, I don't know. know if I would though, just because like at so, that point it's like. So if you spent the night there and you did have like crazy, if something oh, crazy happened, you wouldn't sign. Yeah, I wouldn't sign. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think it's I like would asking either. for it at that point. Um, I think bones are interesting. Oof. Like, you talked about like bone necklaces and like the mm-hmm. Haiti episode, how they used it in voodoo. Leah talked about bone powder from a loved one. How skin, that's how skinwalkers get their power for spells. Mm -hmm. Um, In Hawaii, bones were like the new bones had like power and spirit in it. So if you were an important person or you were quote unquote rich um, or royalty, there were designated people who would prepare your body, burn it, gather the ashes in the bone, and they would run away with it and bury it somewhere where nobody else would know. So all of the royalty in Hawaii, their bones are buried in places in mountains and caves, um, deep in the forest and stuff, where people couldn't find them so they couldn't steal their power or their spirit, you know? So, it's got to be something, something with bones. Like, also, people keep skulls and stuff like that. And it's interesting to me, like, the Native Americans use that. Polynesians. We have the Haitians, and it's like, it wasn't limited to those cultures. So, it's like, all these cultures had, like, a base understanding of bones and how they were important and sacred and had power to an extent. Have you ever heard of the Nazca people? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I think Central or South America. I can't remember which one. Like the Nazca lines in Peru. Okay. Do you know how they were buried? Mm-mm. Not off the top of my head. They're buried sitting crisscross applesauce mm-hmm. with their hands folded in their lap. So this is how they were buried. And their head was right in their lap. And I think they had like a hole drilled in their skull. It's a little But that's extra. how they were buried. Interesting. Yeah, so there's something going on there. There's <laughs> such like a reverence around like, well, death in general for like even now, but it's just like Indigenous back then it was people. such a big thing. Like everybody had their own way to take care of the body or the bones. I believe that the Maori people of New Zealand are buried twice. Hmm? So they get buried first 
and then they fully decompose. And then one year later, they dig them up and then do another ceremony and then go and bury them like at another place. Dang. There's a show on Netflix. Um, I'm surprised we haven't brought it up. I totally forgot about it called Dark Tourism. Oh, yeah. And this journalist travels all around the world to what Westerners would call obscure cultures. And he would just like learn about their, you know, their practices and I forgot who it was. I wonder if it was if you like can. Southeast Asian or oh, some type of Hispanic. Like the- but every year, I I don't know. I can't remember if it was one day a year or on the loved one's like birthday or something. They take them back out of the grave yeah. and they dress them up. They clean their bones. They parade them in the streets because they don't believe. They give that, them offerings. Yeah, they don't believe that they really die. So Where was every it? year that they do that to the skeletons, like they have their old decomposed bodies. It's crazy. It's intense. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this episode. Yeah. I enjoyed this one. I'm working on two stories I am super excited about. Ooh, ooh. One is potentially interviewing a detective from Southern California who... Deals with Santeria. Sick. Another one. Does he have a crystal ball? <laughs> I don't know, probably. Does he have a million dollars? <laughs> Did he lose it all? Maybe. I don't know. What? We'll have to ask him. <laughs> and then, then another one is like an ongoing, uh, uh, an unsolved mystery that we could have the potential to go find out some stuff (laughs) what what i'm so excited i'm excited too thank you to everyone who's already sent stories to us a lot of these have been great um they there are a lot more that we have that people have sent that we're slowly telling yep here and there trickling Mm -hmm. them in shout out shout out Brittany and gray for my stories today Mm -hmm. shout out candy Shout out the entire state of Georgia. <laughs> cool. And Men in Black, please don't come visit me. <laughs> <laughs> but really, please do. <laughs> All right. Everyone out there, bye, love you, be safe. Trust your gut, watch your back. Thanks for listening. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery 
and I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. 